0: Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry.
1: Welcome back to another episode. Of giant cocktails, I am your host Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the titleless, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Doing key- peachy
0: keen, Ben. How you doing? Peachy keen. I, I don't know why that came out. I don't. I've never said that phrase <laughs> in my entire life. Peachy keen. But you asked me how I was doing, and I just I froze. I don't. I don't uh, I'm do doing we, good. Do we need, do doing we need to start over? Well, sure. Let's. No, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna own peachy keen. I'm. I'm Are peachy we going Are we gonna do this episode raw too? You know, I really enjoyed editing last (laughs) last week. Yeah, yeah. Even though you swore and had
1: to beep yourself out,
0: I did have to do that. Yes, yes. That was, uh, and then I, you know, and then you know, Bob is kind of a prima donna. You got to fix him
1: up. But yeah, uh, he only shows up when he shows up. It's (laughs) he doesn't work on our schedule. He works on his schedule, and so sometimes, folks, we got to record him separately. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Well. Uh, How am I doing? I'm I'm doing, uh, you know, the Giants still aren't in the playoffs. Yeah, that hasn't changed.
0: I don't I don't get it.
1: Yeah. But you know what? We can actually start talking about uh, when uh, when they're going to sign Aaron Judge in earnest now because the Yankees have been knocked out of the playoffs.
0: Exactly. So I'm expecting any day now
1: yeah yeah exactly i don't think they're allowed to until the world series is over i i I don't believe they're allowed to do any of that
0: stuff that makes sense don't want to upstage the 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 main yeah
1: i think that's kind of the main deal right yeah they don't want to upstage that um that what do they call that that uh the world series right the world series even though there's nothing really world about it yeah and and also like this year it's super boring. Like, who cares about these two teams? I mean, I guess the number one seed in the AL made it, and then the number six seed in the NL made it. Could have been the Giants, Ben. Could have been exactly. the Giants. That is my point. That, that yes. I think I texted that to you exactly. I And I 100% agree. You're right. I mean, we were saying, get in the playoffs, you never know what happens, right? That's and- right. And it happened to the Phillies, whom the Giants should have knocked out, but didn't because they had a bunch of old, injured men. Um, and the and Phillies, you know, they had- fired their manager halfway through and... Is that what did it? Do you think if we had gotten rid of Kepler? Well, anyway, we're digressing, we're digressing here. I, 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 you know, we, we gotta, we gotta move on. Okay, I, you know okay. what, Matthew, I have a, um, I've got a question for you. Do you? I do. Um, what is your favorite emoji and why is it the poop emoji? <laughs> you know, you would, I,
0: I have used the poop emoji, particularly when my children were a little bit younger. Uh, just because, you know, it's fun. But I, I I don't use it as much anymore. The one that I've used the most often lately is the smack my head emoji. <laughs> because there's yeah. just lots of reasons to use that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't. <No. laughs>
1: I think they call that getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and i yeah, get off my lawn, smack my head. You know, these yeah. kids these days
0: smack my head. And it's just, yeah. it's, it, there's so many times to use it, you know, uh, politics, uh, the just people being people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just as an aside, I use a smack my head, the most recent one, telling a friend of mine about a, a Facebook, our community Facebook page. Ha- somebody asked on it, when's the best day to trick or treat? And and I said probably <laughs> Halloween, you know, and and then and then the woman right behind me, uh, above me, which I, I didn't see hers until after I said probably Halloween, said Halloween period. Please don't come to my house uh, uh, asking for candy on any other day. <laughs> 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 I was like, right, smack my head, right? I mean, there's so just so many reasons to smack your head nowadays. So that's the emo- that's the emoji that I use the most. I
1: often. think a question like that just kind of explains everything else that's wrong with the world, right? Yes, there are like, people out
0: there wondering what's the best day to trick or treat.
1: Oh, man. I <laughs> mean, it's people like that that make you rethink democracy, you know? I mean, oh, it's man. like, oh, yes. come on. These are on. the ones, she's,
0: and she's voting in a couple of weeks, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yeah, well.
0: Or a week, I should say. A week. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, my favorite emoji, I mean, after the eggplant and the peach emojis, which I use <laughs> all the time. Of course.
0: You know, getting a little along, old, the way.
1: along with the splashing water emoji, you know, uh, after those ones... Um, I like the one where he's just—he's got the big smile on his face, that big—the uh, you know, big, toothy the, grin, the big poop-eating grin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, that's my favorite. I use that one all the time because it means usually means that I've—I've—I've I've, I've done something or asked somebody to do something that questionable. Know, that's questionable. It's questionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm then a manager. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm a manager, and I ask my people to do all kinds of things that are really my job all the time. It's called delegation, and it's actually a really powerful tool. Uh, softens
0: the blow uh, when you're when you're delegating to your staff.
1: Yeah, it, it does for me anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're probably rolling their eyes. They're doing the rolling eye emoji to one of their friends, screenshotting your
1: text and sending yeah, exactly. it to somebody else. <laughs> this guy, can you believe it? Uh, well, anyway, folks, today is Wednesday, November sorry October 26th as we record this podcast. Um uh let's see. I uh what what's going on? Oh, the Giants the Giants went O and O uh this week because they're still not in the playoffs. Um <laughs> yes, I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> um what happened in baseball? Well, we have another 5-day layoff, which means when the World Series starts, we get to hear more announcers asking about if the layoff is going to hurt the teams. And John Smoltz says, "Of course it's going to hurt you in one way or another." <sighs> You know, I used to like John Smoltz, like I think as an announcer, but recently he's been getting really, really on my nerves uh, because he says a lot of weird, dumb things. And that was definitely one of them. But anyway, it's the Astros and the Phillies in the World Series. Um, And and we're definitely going to spend some time talking about that because, you know, it's the World Series and we should. But really, folks, we're going to spend most of our time talking about the thing we all care about the most. Aaron Judge, which is which is Aaron Judge and 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 how the Giants are going to screw up signing him. (laughs) (laughs) I care about him so much, Ben. I think we all care about him so much, you know, and uh, yeah, well, I'm going to save my thoughts on that until we get to him. But, you know, we, we all care about this very much. And uh, if there's anybody in the Giants organization, if there's one intern left who's forced to listen to all the podcasts, which I feel like that's a thing, right? Don't you think that would be a thing? They would somebody somebody in the organization's got to listen to all the podcasts just to make sure you know they they don't need to sue somebody. Yeah, I mean when I when I own the Giants, I'll definitely assign somebody to do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely an intern. Yes. Well, I'm not paying somebody to do that. <laughs> um, I'm sure the Giants have paid internships. I'm not sure of that at all. Uh, it seems like Major League Baseball would be one of the cheap places that doesn't do that. Yeah,
0: that and Alka, uh, you know, with Carl, the unpaid intern. <laughs> Phineas and Ferb reference. Okay, great. great. I've been
1: watching a lot of... Um, uh, what is the the creator, the guy who does the Doofenshmirtz voice? I've been seeing a lot of his shorts on the YouTube, uh, recently. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By shorts, I mean short-form videos. I don't mean his underwear.
0: <laughs> well, my 11-year-old has found Phineas and Ferb uh, on Disney Channel uh, lately, and so... Oh, wow. Uh, so we're watching a, a lot of it. And it's that's been fun. Point. I'm reliving it like five, six years later. It's awesome. That's a great find, yeah. Well, All right. Okay. But we should, I mean, probably, we should probably move on, we right? Said, let's
1: move along, move right. along. Yeah, That we, people do not come here for the Phineas and Ferb content. That's right. Bob, I think it's Ben's turn for the question, right? It is my turn. Bob, hit me.
0: What are you drinking, Ben?
1: Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Uh, this week, I am drinking a cocktail called The Planter's Punch. And why am I drinking this cocktail? Well, because I'm lazy. And my plan is to drink this cocktail in the next show, and the show after that, and then the show after that, and then maybe all the way until the Giants sign Aaron Judge. So I might be making this cocktail for the rest of my life. Likely. Likely, given the way those guys keep screwing that up. Um, But anyway, what is a Planter's Punch? A Planter's Punch is a classic recipe that... Is so old, it has a rhyming couplet as its recipe, which I will now read to you. It is one of sour, two of sweet, three of strong, four of weak. And yes, we could argue whether or not weak and sweet rhyme with each other. They don't. But we're not going to. Yeah, they don't. (laughs) Yeah, because that's why we're not going to argue about it, because they don't. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, but they were drunk at the time, so it's close enough.
1: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, so so what does that mean? Well, one of sour means lime juice, typically. Um, one of sweet means, um, well, grenadine in many cases. But I think in the original recipe, they were just talking about uh, sugarcane sugar. or syrup. Um, yeah, so sugar, sugarcane, syrup, tur- sugarcane juice. Strong as the alcohol. Always rum. And then weak is actually any other kind of dilution. So that's water or juices or melted ice, whatever you may have it. It, it, it. That can really be anything. It does not refer to like a weaker alcohol, although I commend you if that's how you choose to interpret that. <laughs> I did not. I am using a recipe today from a book called Tiki by Shannon Mustafer, and her recipe is, is relatively simple. It calls for two ounces of pot still Jamaican rum, um, or any rum really, but um, she's choosing to go with a very clean, uh, crisp, simple rum, good for mixing with other cocktails. Uh, and then three quarters of an ounce of grenadine, half an ounce of fresh lime juice, and then you shake all of that with, on, with ice. And then you strain that into a Collins glass over ice. And then you add a couple of dashes of uh, Angostura bitters on top of that. And just kind of let that mellow into into the cocktail. Um, And it creates a very fruity... Oh, yeah, very punchy, pleasant uh, cocktail. I mean, this is almost like a... This is a quintessential kind of... Uh, tropical punch. I mean, in fact, it tastes very similar to that to that flavor. So you're like, like Hawaiian uh, punch, like the, that we had yeah, as a kid? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But a little bit more sophisticated, and this time with rum, which, I mean, I got to tell you, I had some days in kindergarten, well, specifically second grade, where I could have used some, some rum. <laughs> second but, grade um, was
0: rough for you, I know. Second
1: yeah. grade was rough. Second grade was rough. Um, but here's the thing about planter's punch. Everybody's recipe is different. And, in fact, if you go look at the, the International Bartenders Association's official recipe, and this is an organization that has official, like, certified recipes for every, like, classic cocktail. The recipe is actually super simple. It's, it's rum, two parts, or sorry, three parts of rum, two parts um, lime juice, sorry, two, par, uh, two parts uh, sugarcane juice, and then one part lime juice, uh, and then you dilute that with water uh to taste and that's their official recipe it's actually quite boring honestly i fell asleep um, just listening to it yeah <laughs> yeah and it's uh but typically what people do is they take some sort of that that template and then they add some spices on top of it because you'll notice it that in in this recipe i'm using here there's bitters put on top of it uh but that's doesn't that doesn't show up in that rhyming couplet so typically what happens is that people take the spices and and they use that that to to add their own flavor on top of it. But of course, you can also vary the sweetener. You can also vary the type of rum that you're using. Um, and you know, uh, I, I suppose you could also you know mess around. I think with the the ratios. Although typically people don't don't do that. They try to stick to that that actual template. So my plan is next week I'm going to make this again, but it's going to be different. And I'm going to keep doing that, and I'm going to keep hunting for Ben's Planter's Punch. Oh, all right. And uh, and that's that's my plan. That's my plan for the foreseeable future. So if you want to know, folks, what I'm going to be making, it's going to be a Planter's Punch, but it's going to be different every week. So, so maybe, you know, just maybe you'll want to come along on this journey with me and, you know, vicariously see, you know, which of these you might like and, uh, you know, give you another reason to come back. Uh, instead of uh, whatever reason it is that you listen to us now, during this this dark, dark time when we're watching the Phillies and the Astros play for our our World Series title. Hey, Doobies, Doobie's still playing, man. Doobie's there. Doobie's still playing. Did Will Smith? Oh, Will Smith might make. I don't think he will. Did you know that the Astros did not carry a single left-hander so far in the postseason in their in their bullpen? Oh, wow. And Will Smith is there, and he. Huh? He did not appear in... So anyway, it's very strange to me. But well, anyway, that's what I'm drinking. Planter's Punch. And I must say,
0: you, you lifted up your glass to take a drink. I'm, I am uh, uh, impressed with your garnish game today. I went and bought a pineapple, dude. I, I can see that. <laughs> and then I chopped it up. He's got like a pineapple wedge sticking off his glass. He's got... Is that three Luxardo cherries? <laughs>
1: yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah?
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. He stepped up the garnish game today, so.
1: Yep. Just for you folks on this um, audio-only format.
0: <laughs> well, we have a picture of it. We'll put it up on Twitter and Instagram, so check about that on later. Yeah. All right. Well, that is that is beautiful. It's a beautiful punch. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the iterations that follow. Uh, I might make me some planner's punch. I didn't realize that there was. A, it was just a template and that you could go crazy with it, so... Let's, uh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. All right. Well, Bob, hit me up. What are you drinking, Matthew? This week, Bob, was... I had a hard time. I had a hard time deciding what I was going to, to bring to the show. And in fact, I didn't decide until uh, it was time to make the cocktail before we came on the air. And what I normally do is I collect a bunch of... Uh, I have collected a bunch of recipes, I have over 300 recipes in my recipe app of different cocktails, and I will scroll through those, and if I don't find anything there, then I'll I'll Google some more and look look up things, and then but I'm scrolling through, and I found one called the Millionaire, and I figured if there was ever a cocktail to make as we pursue Aaron Judge, it was uh, to have a cocktail called Millionaire, and because I want to throw a lot of money at Mr. Judge. And and if this cocktail can inspire that intern to tell the Giants brass to spend a lot of money, then, then it'll be worth it. And actually, it's a pretty darn good cocktail. And I will explain what's in it. It has two ounces of bourbon, three-quarter ounces of Grand Marnier, and, and I think that's important rather than just a normal triple sec. Grand Marnier is a little richer. It's got a little bit more sweetness to it. So definitely go with that. A uh, quarter ounce of absinthe and half an ounce of lemon juice, half ounce of grenadine, and about half of an egg white. So half ounce of egg white. And you shake all the, that up in a cocktail shaker without ice called a dry shake. And you shake the, just the living crap out of it. All right. And then you add a bunch of ice and you shake it again until it's well chilled and then double strain it into a coop glass, a chilled coop glass. And then you garnish it with a little bit of freshly grated nutmeg. And, uh, which is great because I've got this whole jar of nutmeg, seed, you know, the little seeds, or I don't even know what they are. They're pods, seeds, I don't know what they are. They're little, little kernels, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what you call them. But they are, uh, and then, you know, you can, you take a little, a little, little, grater and you shave off a little bit into your cocktail glass. And I finally had an excuse to use one of those. So it was great. And I took a sip of it. I had not actually tried it before I made it today, which is also unusual. But in this case, it was a winner. I actually really like it. I think the absinthe is just enough to kind of play with the, the orange and the bourbon. And boy, it's it's uh, it's tasty. Uh, so I would highly recommend The Millionaire. And here's to a bunch of millions going to, to Mr. Judge. Via the Giants.
1: So say we all. Yeah. So say we all. So say we all. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a tasty cocktail, first of all. I like it. It's frothy. I like the nutmeg. I'm inspired. Maybe I'll put a little nutmeg in my planter's punch next week. Oh, there you go. For the spices. I don't know that that'll go with the grenadine, so maybe I'll have to change the sweetener. But, you know, I'm working on something. I've got grenadine in my cocktail. And it went just fine. By the way, those pod things, those little egg-shaped things, those little nutmeg nuts,
0: are they what they're, are they? They're they seeds. Seeds. Okay. Yeah,
1: they're seeds. They're pretty big seeds. They right? are yeah, they are big. They're, I mean, they're, they're a good they're size pretty of a huge.
0: Good, good big marble. Yeah,
1: so Yeah, and so, right. so says so says uh so says Wikipedia anyway, and we know that they're always right. Always. I mean, they're mostly right. I mean, for... until
0: they until they, they, you know, whenever like, you know, Tom Brady is the owner of the yeah, you know, whatever team he beat that week, you know, is uh, you know, gets gets updated on there. I always laugh at those. <laughs> uh,
1: good times, good times. Well, you know, Matthew, you know who's having a good time right now?
0: Uh, Mauricio Dubon.
1: Yeah, yeah, Mauricio Dubon is having a good time right now. So is Dusty Baker. So are all the people that live in Houston. I mean, you know, I was actually thinking about this the other day. They probably really want their team to win another World Series, where everybody's ninety-five percent sure they're not cheating.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might might legitimize you know everything for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, because because all we know is that they've won one World Series in a year in which they were most definitely cheating, and that's their only time they've won. Not a good look no
0: not they've won more than 100 games for you know so yeah, several years so
1: yeah since the Dodgers I don't whatever. think they, right oh wow yeah I mean <laughs> as we know there's no <laughs> what does that mean all that does is get you into the playoffs that's right right Phillies <laughs> right. that's right and you what you really need is a manager who, who can push all the right buttons which the Dodgers clearly don't have
0: <laughs> yes Dodger fans fire Dave Roberts
1: <laughs> please please fire Dave Roberts. Fire I hear in, I hear Jace Tingler's available. <laughs> Jace Tingler. I think I'd rather have Paulo Duca than Jace Tingler. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't we all? <laughs> yes. Oh, but anyway, yeah, so the World Series. It's the Phillies. It's the Astros. Just just like we all predicted. Just like we all predicted. And uh, you know, I, I I'm actually I mean I'm a little disappointed. Like the Astros is the probably the the team that I wanted to, from the AL to make it to the World Series the second least, you know, the Yankees being the one that I really didn't want to see because I just didn't want to see Aaron Judge playing in a World Series. I just, you know, because I, I felt like the f- deeper they go,
0: the more likely the more would be like, to stay the more yeah.
1: likely that he would be to stay, and I just didn't want that. So, like, also the Yankees have won enough World Series; they don't ever need to win again. They're done. Let's let's just make that so. Let's make it a rule. <laughs> let's have relegation built into MLB, and we'll immediately relegate the Yankees. Let's start there um you know so i'm not super excited about the astros but you know i like it would be nice to see dusty win one you know i mean i don't think that'll make russ ortiz feel any better but it'll probably make dusty feel better <laughs> and and as an old giants fan it, you know it would be kind of nice to see him win one you know um I guess, and and like you know, otherwise what? Like Bryce Harper gets a World Series ring, and nobody wants that.
0: No, nobody. At least Giants fans, right? Uh, yeah, and I... Duby uh, you know is the the curse of Dubon. Uh, maybe will I don't know reach a crescendo if they happen to win the World Series. I, uh, interestingly enough, he's appeared in. How many games? Four games out of the, what, eight that they've played, I guess, or, or seven? Seven. Seven that they've played, and and has nary an at-bat.
1: He has as many at-bats as they have losses.
0: He has as many at-bats as you and me.
1: That's true. That's true. We have zero postseason at-bats this year, <laughs> um, you know, but that's mainly because the Giants didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, and we're also not professional baseball players.
0: Small detail. Small. Yeah. Small. yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Dubon is a professional baseball player, and he doesn't have any at-bats either. So, I, 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 I obviously, late-game late, late game defensive replacement. But whatever. Doobie, man. Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah, like four Dub- wins away from a ring, man.
1: Yeah, you know, and if I had been paying more attention to the Astros this year, I might have more to say about it. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I mean... You know, I, I think back to the, to our first episode during the postseason. I think I was pretty psyched about it, and I was excited, and I was like all into it because there were, I don't know, there was a lot of postseason games, and there were some teams that had not been there for a while, and you know, I was kind of like, yeah, this is fun and exciting, but now I'm just over it, man. I'm just I'm just ready for it to be done, and um, I'm ready for the off know, season to begin.
0: I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. I'm ready To be, I
1: want I want to see some bidding. I want exactly. to see some signings. <laughs> you want to see some signings? Yes. I. Uh are we ready to move on? Do we need to say anything else about the World Series? I'm ready to move on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we all want the uh, like uh, I want the Astros to win cuz I just can't handle Bryce Harper having a World Series ring. That's fair. I think that's a fair yeah. assessment. All right, that's enough that needs to be said about the World Series. It's happening. It starts on Friday. You know, it, it'll be going on when we record next week. We'll talk a little bit about it then. Or not. You know, because you or, know
0: the, the Astros have
1: <laughs> I've swept
0: every series that they've well, played so far. So. Well, the
1: game, yeah, because it could those series be over by then? It starts on Friday, Friday Saturday, so Sunday, right? Saturday. Was... Well, it'd be Friday and Saturday. The off day would be Sunday. That and seems then... weird. Is there an off day on Sunday? It seems weird. But I guess it well, would... why wouldn't it be? There's always an off day between game two and three. Yeah, but that just seems weird. That they... why? Okay. Anyway, oh, because they don't want to compete with the NFL. All right, NFL, that, yeah. yeah. But yeah. then they're going to play on Monday, which does compete. So anyway, and then you have Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, if the Astros sweep, because the Phillies won't. Um, watch now. That's what's going to happen. Um, they'll be done on Tuesday. So we, we record on Wednesdays. So, yeah, it could be over by then. Um, man, I kind of hope it is. Let's, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. You know, Astros and up four. Things. Astros yeah, and the, four. Astros and four. Let's wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> the Giants are not involved. Nobody cares. Um, yeah. So, okay. So moving on. Yes. It's time this this is the moment matthew this is the moment where farhan poop emojis or gets off the pot <laughs> right and by get off the pot i mean is fired
0: right right
1: cuz if we don't if we don't land him i'm going to be throwing lots of
0: smack my head emojis around i mean it's, it's...
1: <laughs> that's right that's right
0: that's right but it um... sounds like they're 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 gearing up i in my mind I feel like I I picture Zaidi like hyping himself up in the mirror before like a big game, you know, and and he's he's like like, dancing around and he's just like, mm -hmm, you got this, mm -hmm. you got this. Right. And and he's just he's dancing and getting ready to 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 just, you know, throw some whooping
1: uh, out on the rest of MLB. Yeah, he's like. I will not laugh when they say ten years. I will not laugh when they say right. ten years. That's right. That's
0: right. <laughs> I will not cringe right. when they say thirty-five million. I will that's not cringe right. when they say forty million.
1: I got. I got. This. Yeah, that's I right. That's this. right. Yeah, like because because we know we they're gonna have to overspend and and we know that Farhan cannot overspend. He's like that super rich person eating cat food.
0: Well, he's a smart, logical guy, and and Farhan. This is one of those moments where you can't be smart and logical. Lead with the heart, man. Lead with the heart.
1: Give the marketing team something. <laughs> Give the marketing team something. And I know that's an easy something. Aaron Judge is an easy something. But you know what? They need one. They need an easy something. Yes. Like, I mean, they cannot just go, you know, hey, great views of McCovey Cove if you sit in the cheap seats. Right? No, well, they, they just that's just that's yeah. just they can't. They need they need.
0: Well, yep. Frankly, frankly, the Giants marketing department isn't all that bright. So you know they 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 need something just kind of teed up for them because they haven't really done a whole lot. I mean, it's not like we're like, oh, did you, did you remember that great tagline that they used this year? Or do you remember Game that? Up? Yeah. Game Z- Up. Yes, I, I used that exactly zero times. Actually, yeah, I think I used up. it once at the beginning of the season and was like, this is the most ridiculous hashtag ever. I'm not using this ever. Right.
1: Again. Right. Yeah. The chief marketing officer was like, well, what should what does Gabe Kapler think our uh, our tagline should be? Let's just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> man, uh, man. So,
0: yeah, so we, we need to make it easy on the marketing department. Let's get Aaron Judge, because, I mean, if they have to figure out how to market Brandon Nemo, I mean, it's going <laughs> to okay, be a so, little bit of a challenge.
1: All right. All right. So, but but you were saying that it sounds like they're getting ready to go. They're getting hyped up. Yeah. Right? Well, we're, certainly... seeing,
0: we're seeing lots of smoke, right? You got people saying we won't be outbid. Uh, we got guys saying that we're ready to increase our payroll. Uh, they seem to understand that they have to get someone big and what other big one is
1: there out there, but then Aaron judge. So, yeah, well, right. I mean, so the, the big story coming out yesterday was from NJ.com, which I believe is the New Jersey Website? Website, I guess. You could probably buy a lotto ticket there, too, I'm assuming. Saying that the Giants have said they will not be underbid for for Aaron Judge. They will not be outbid. They will not be outbid. Right. Right. They will not be outbid. Correct. Um, yeah, underbid. They will probably be underbid. They'll be underbid oh, by they, everyone. Yes, I hope yeah. they're underbid. <laughs> they will not be outbid. Um, and then on top of that, they've also said... Uh, that they are going to be, there's no scenario out there that they can't participate in. There's no free agent out there that they can't talk about. So nobody's off the table, which I think is interesting, not just from a, from a financial standpoint, but it's also interesting from a personnel standpoint, right? Because a lot of the really interesting free agents are, are middle infielders. Yeah, Yeah. They're shortstop specifically. Right, and so we talked about that last week, but you know it means that the Giants are are out there, and and they're ready to spend, and they're going to be the biggest bidder for Aaron Judge, right? And I, you know, I think about a, a month ago, uh, Cashman for for the for the Yankees said that um, that they were going to match any offer, right? So they're ready, they're coming to play. I think they were trying to hopefully intimidate the Giants because, you know, let's face it. I think a lot of people probably think that Farhan Zaidi is very easy to intimidate here because they don't think that he's willing to spend the money. Or maybe they think the Giants organization is lying when they say they're going to spend the money, um, which is, which is an interesting point because Matthew, even though there's all this, these signs that the Giants are going to go all in, not just on judge, but on the free agent season um, overall, you know, when we go out on social media, we're seeing a lot of jokes, a lot of like Giants fans reacting with this this attitude of like, "I don't believe you." And why should they? Exactly, why should they? Yeah, uh, you
0: know, there has been absolutely zero uh, evidence to date that the Giants are willing to spend a long lot of money on a long term contract. Uh, the longest uh, contract that they've uh, signed was three years, De Sclafani? Three years, I think it was Desclafani. And for
1: then three I years. think
0: actually our friend uh, Lastella also got a three-year three-year contract. Uh, yeah, uh, and and Flores I think now has has a three-year uh, deal that might have been a, an option, but I can't remember. But anyway, but three years is not eight years. No, and and that's the minimum I think it would take to get judge. It might be nine or 10, right? Yeah. And, but I, the fact that he's 30, he'll be 31 at the beginning of next season. Uh, I think eight is probably where Farhan wants to be, but maybe nine. It may, you may need to have to do that. And, uh, I, I, I just, I, that's where it, it concerns me a little bit is that, you know, Farhan at some point, his sphincter is going to slam shut and he's going to not want to
1: do what it takes. And, um, well, I think we all believe that. Like, I, I yeah. not all, but I think the overwhelming majority of the fan base believes that, right? Like, those of us that have been paying attention, like, yeah, there's a lot of Giants fans out there that their expectation is that the Giants are going to sign Judge, right? There's a lot of Giants fans out there, maybe casual fans, maybe fans that aren't paying super close attention. But I think there's those of us that are really the diehard fans, the fans that have been playing, paying close attention a lot of us just don't believe it's going to happen because this regime has demonstrated that they don't like to spend money and they certainly don't want to be caught holding the bag. You know, they don't want to make a bad deal. That's the one overarching principle that seems to be driving most of their decisions. Because even when you talk about... um the offers that they've made, right? The, the, the longest contracts that that Zaidi has handed out during his regime is three years for Disceffani, three years for Listella, and now three years for Flores. Flores is the only guy that they've made an offer to who wasn't an injury liability, right? Like these guys, they probably underpaid for because they're hurt all the time, right? And there was
0: value there. There was, yeah,
1: right, right. And so, like, even those long contracts quote unquote, long contracts were to guys that were bargains because they had an injury history. And and, uh, you know, I, I, I think the the skepticism is, is that there's just no we've never seen this regime do anything close to signing a contract that is uncomfortable. They said they were involved in all of these big names, right, for the past couple seasons and they lost out. Well, why did they lose out?
0: Because they, they didn't
1: have the cojones. They didn't have the cojones to offer an uncomfortable contract. It, they didn't want to offer, and I think mostly it was the years, right? They didn't want to give them yeah. four years when they when they wanted to do three. And I think you're absolutely right. The they have to give an uncomfortably long number to Aaron Judge, and I think any team out there would give him six. Right? I think seven is not unreasonable. So yeah, therefore eight has got to be the number. It might be longer. Might be nine or ten.
0: Well, and I'm looking I'm looking at the Dodgers because that's where, you know, that's who we're competing against mainly in our division, but that's also where Zaidi came from. Now, he wasn't with the team when these contracts were made, but Mookie Betts 12 years, 365 million in his age 29 season. <laughs> and 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 then Freddie Freeman last year, 6 years, 162 million in his age 32 season. So, so you, you, so the Dodgers have kind of said, well, we're going to be, we're going to be paying these guys when they're old and that's what we got to do to get those guys. And I think that the Giants need to read the room and be like, that's what it takes. You're going to be paying a guy when he's 40 years old, $40 million or 35 to 40 million. And you just got to be okay with that. Uh, And, and I just, you know, I, I hope that they are because, and, and I, you and I were talking off before we started and I I made this point that I I think, you know, when you look ten years down the road, thirty five million is in today's dollars will be like twenty five million uh, you know, in in, in twenty thirty three dollars, right? And so I don't I don't necessarily think that you can just say that, that that's even a, a deal breaker. Uh, right. At that at that age, because that will maybe be considered a bargain or just kind of sunk cost to get your the best player in baseball for you know five years out of you know uh, playing at an uh, optimal level.
1: Right, they're going to be playing Mookie paying Mookie Betts thirty two well thirty three million dollars when he's thirty nine years old, and they're going to be playing Freddie, Freddie Freeman uh, twenty seven million dollars when he's thirty seven years old. Yeah, so the Giants need to be paying Aaron Judge a lot of money when he's 39, 40 years old. And uh yeah, I mean I mean that's they just have to be there. They absolutely have to be there. Um but it's interesting though that we're talking about the Dodgers, right? Because the Dodgers have been making some noise that that they want to go after Judge too, right? Right. And and, and my. Do you think that's legit? Do you think they really are interested in Judge, or are they just trying to piss me off?
0: <laughs> well, I have two thoughts. One is that anybody with the means has to be interested in the best free agent on the market, right? So the Dodgers should be interested. Uh, but especially when one of their main division rivals is the, the the focus of a lot of the offseason rumors, then, yeah, you got to say you're interested, if nothing else, to drive the price up, right? I mean, you... you because uh, in my mind, and, and this is pure speculation because obviously Aaron Judge hasn't shared any of this, but in my mind, it's J- Judge has two options. Stay in New York and build his legacy, be Captain Judge and all that with yeah. the Yankees. Uh, or he comes back to his hometown team or his home team, the team that he grew up rooting for, and becomes the hero uh, for that team. And, and there's no other options. So the Dodgers, unless the Dodgers get silly
1: money, yeah. right? Um, well I mean how can you know yeah I, it's silly money. what is silly money though? right F- 40 45 I, I mean I think I think I think you go as high as 40 and the Giants will be there. Yeah right I think even 41 42 they'll be there um, you know so I, I think the Dodgers would have to outspend even beyond that. I think you're right though I mean like let's try to put ourselves in Aaron judge's shoes right like you you stay with the only organization you've ever known. Um, you cement your place in that in that in their pantheon right yeah. and it is a pantheon right sure. I think I used that term last week but it's like you know you you know you're gonna get a plaque out in Monument Park there yeah. right you know a hundred years from now kids are going to be looking at your face in bronze you know they could do um, that
0: out on the street uh, outside of Oracle
1: okay <laughs> that's true that's true he could have a statue just like the Willies right. Yep. And that's not, that's not, that's not nothing to sneeze at, right? I mean, that's, that's a great thing too. But like, but I'm, but I think, you know, as you mentioned, he's got a lot of other good reasons to sign with the Giants. You know, this is a guy who was a hardcore Giants fan growing up, right? Hit one of his prized possessions is a Jonathan Sanchez autograph. His favorite player was Rich Aurelia. Only a real Giants fan would, would, would value those things. And I'm not, I love Jonathan Sanchez and I love Richie. I love the rally killer. Yeah, I said it. And and uh, you know, but the thing isn't like who 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 picks those guys out, especially from that era as their favorite player? A guy who really loves the Giants, yeah. right? A guy yeah. who really loves the organization, you know, he didn't go for Kent, he didn't go for Bonds. Yeah, he likes those guys, but still, you know, it's Richie. And, um, you know, I I think there's just can you imagine a lifelong Giants fan, a kid who grew up rooting for the Giants and and playing for the Yankees? He's going to go sign with the Dodgers. I don't see it. I don't see it either. I mean, you know, I don't see it either. They I don't know what they would have to give him. Right. Like If I were him, I would just go back to the Yankees. Right. You know, I would never I would never sign with the the Dodgers under those circumstances. I don't need to go to that organization because I'm already with a storied organization. You know, and so it's just, yeah, I, I, I think I think the Dodgers are just making noise because they want to make sure that the Giants, you know, have to pay maximum dollar. But you know what? I think the Giants are committed to spending maximum dollar or, or well, I don't do. I think that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I think that they are talking like they are willing to. And I guess I mean, I yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. The more I think about that, like if they don't sign judge. I, I, if I were Farhan Zaidi, I think I would just resign.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there's only other one other alternative to signing Judge, and that's signing at almost everyone else, right? I mean, that's yeah. Trey Turner. You know, you got Rodon. You've got, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, Scherzer or whoever. I, you know, there's
1: you're, there's a bunch of older pitchers that are available,
0: which would be great, right? Two year, forty million dollar, you know, $35 million, $40 million, You know, do the uh, the yeah. the Verlander or Scherzer I guess it's Scherzer Verlander is the guy that's the yeah. free agent but Scherzer contract right I, I think that there's there's room to do kind of that kind of stuff and right. so yeah if they don't get Judge you bet your butt they're gonna
1: have to pivot quickly
0: and spend yeah. money in other ways
1: right well and they get maybe Correa Bogarts and uh, and uh, oh, who's Trey Turner who am I Turner yeah uh, you know they, they get two of three and one of them plays third base you know um I, I think they would. And yeah, and Rodan has to come back. Yeah. Right? I I think you would have to go do something that insane. Um and and then I think yeah, I would be like, "You know what? Okay. Okay. I'll I'll see how this team plays and I put I put I put Farhan on the month-to-month plan. You know, before I start calling for his head."
0: <laughs> right, cuz as we said previously, right? I mean, if they're winning, then then all's good.
1: That's right. I mean, and, and that's true. Like, I don't care who they have out there as long as they're winning, right? Like last year was great. The problem is, is that you know, last year was I don't think was really part of the plan. You know, like I don't think they went mm-hmm. into last year like that was the, the roster they wanted.
0: Well, no, I th- I think I think actually it w- it was a detriment to their plan. I, I think uh, it raised expectations. It uh, put them on a different level and. um yeah i don't i don't i don't don't think it was good good for the plan overall to win 107 games uh, no i totally agree
1: i think what i was saying is like i don't think that that roster was the roster that they wanted going into 2021 (laughs) right well right
0: and i think that they got really creative and they did a damn good job of it
1: right and then they were like oh crap maybe we can just make this work again right and they could and that and that hurt them in in this last season but you know i mean the one thing i will say though like i I know that 2021 happened and and it was a great experience. And I think you're right. It definitely impacted the decisions that they made going into 2022. But going into 2020 and 2021, they had opportunities to sign free agents then and they didn't. Right. And and they wanted to allegedly. Mm -hmm. They wanted to sign those guys and they didn't. And their failings there. Are the reason why now they have to go get Aaron Judge and one of these other guys, right? Like, they really need to get Judge and Turner or and Rodon or Turner and Rodon and Judge, right? They really need to do all of that because they did so little in the last two years. But, you know, I know they had reason not to do anything last year, but they didn't have any reason not to do anything the previous two years. And it has really just been a huge failure by this regime to sign free agents. You know, and and that's why they are in the, the place they are right now. And I think that's why a lot of the fans are just really skeptical that they're actually going to land judge. And, you know, I, I think a lot of fans now believe they've been alienated to the point where they believe this organization doesn't want to sign free agents. Right. And that's <laughs> Can you imagine if your ownership and you're like, no, we actually do want to sign free agents? we do we do we do want to spend that money we do want to win and your and your head of baseball operations is not getting it done how happy with that guy can you be right well and then i'm looking at like
0: so their their payroll for projected for 2023 the giants uh after you take out radon's contract which because he's going to opt out uh they're sitting at like 80 million and so that means they've got in my mind, well, and I guess their average has been about 160 to 165 million over the last few years um, uh, prior to the pandemic. And uh, so, in my mind, though, you got 80 million, then that means you have 120 million to spend. Uh, yeah. And because, yeah, we need to compete with everyone else, and you need to be closer to 200 million than 160 million. And 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 so, with that mind too, then maybe you structure contracts to kind of be heavy up front because you got a lot of money this year and then you kind of, you know, you spend it now and then give yourself room later to to add other players. But regardless, I mean they're smarter than I. They're going to figure this out. The point is they got a lot of money. And yeah. and and they got a lot of money this year to spend on more than just Aaron Judge. I mean, you spend for let's theoretically 40 million on Aaron Judge this next year, you still got $60 million left, you know, to to play with. So, you know, spend it. Yeah. Man.
1: Well, you got a lot of money left to, to to put into um I don't know hire people to to spoon feed your minor leaguers so they don't actually have to lift their arms to feed themselves so they can do that many more push-ups right like y- you got you have a enough lot to hire money.
0: a personal batting coach for every you know. That too, right. right. Yeah. yeah,
1: for every minor leaguer. Yeah, just hire every just hire every batting coach that is out there. And just maybe that's the one way that you, everybody else is worse because they don't have the batting well, coach. Well, maybe just that's just what Pistol Pete does. Pistol Pete, you know, our new GM,
0: brings in, right. uh, brings in all that
1: because he's the player development guy. Maybe that's what happens. That's right. That's right, Pistol. Hey, you know, there's this magical, like, super cool pitching tool out there. I don't know. It's developed by some company. But anyway, I think there's like seven or eight major league teams out there that have bought it. But it's like it mimics the entire pitching and delivery of, of any major league pitcher. But it then also like it has a video screen. So, right? it, looks so like it, that is it looks like that pitcher is pitching to you. And and the ball like literally comes out of his hand and it does exactly the same movement as as his pitches. And there's like seven or eight teams out there that have it, but they won't say which ones. It better be the one Giants. of those better be the San Francisco Giants. The Giants like, better have like you, two of them. Like I mean, yeah. Like you know, if you don't have that, like what are you spending the money on that you aren't spending on free agents? <sighs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, one thing that they're spending money on, Ben, is coaching staff, because we've got one of the larger coaching staffs in the major leagues.
1: That's true. That's true. We do.
0: I'm segueing. Can you can you sense that?
1: I get could sense the segue. Yeah, I sense the segue. So we're, we're done talking about Aaron Judge. And now we're talking about the Giants coaching stuff. Is that right? Did I did I get it?
0: Good. Yes, you got it. All right. Sometimes we have to do like hand signals and like smoke signals yeah, yeah. and like, you know, but
1: uh, well, especially at this point of the show, because, you know, I've finished my my planters punch. Have you had planters punch too? Well, it was actually just a double. I just did oh, okay. all okay, right. in one shot. So yeah, I'm two cocktails in at this point, and I uh, just need to make sure I'm following along. I think I'm muting myself too. Although I do have to confess to the fans. I know at the top of the show we said we we're going to do this raw. Wow, when I did my drink, I really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my poor brother is going to have to. I edit
0: took pity on it, man. I took pity, and I said, "I'll edit yeah. it." So He was, we, like, we, I, he he was like, "I over. cannot
1: put my name on this podcast if that's <laughs> if that's how we're going to go." So. Well, you've so all been there, not... right?
0: You're all been there. You you think you're going to say something, and then you you don't know what comes out of your mouth, and then. That's right. Yeah, and then and, right. and in life, you rarely get a do over, but in podcasting, you do.
1: That's right. So we're not doing this one raw anymore. But here we are talking about the San Francisco Giants coaching staff. And I have things to say about this all right well, you know I,
0: the the Giants last year, well not last year when when Kappler started bringing you know establishing his coaching uh team uh it was one of the larger coaching staffs uh in in the majors and and what I really thought was interesting about this is that he brought in people that were not necessarily major league uh experienced coaches. And and I know at the time when people asked him about this, he's like, well, if you can coach, you can coach. If you have the ability to, to explain concepts to people uh, in a way that they can understand and implement them, then it doesn't really matter to me that you have major league experience. And... And I think that there's something really progressive with that. I think that there's, uh, I think, because I think a lot of old school coaches would be like, no, we need guys that have been there. We need guys that have that experience. Uh, and so I, when I was looking at their coaching staff, um, I, I looked at uh, two of the more prominent ones just to kind of start with. And, and the one that I've been intrigued with since they hired him was Kai Correa. and, like, I even considered going as Kai Korea for Halloween last year. Like, I was, I was gonna wear these big, thick glasses and have, you know, like just look really short. And I mean, well, I don't have to look it, I'm, I'm pretty short as it is. But I just, I just, I wanted to go as Kai Korea because I felt like he would have been, um, you know, kind of funny to, to, to dress up as. But, uh, but what I really, I started digging into Kai's uh, past. And what was interesting is that he's got such a unique background, a unique story. First of all, he's from Hawaii. And his parents, or his father and his grandfather, uh, were both uh, high school uh, baseball coaches, uh, or area baseball, youth baseball coaches. And his grandfather, in particular, is like a legend in Hawaii, apparently. And uh, and then he played for a Division three school, the University of Puget Sound, and uh, and and actually uh, was a fine player, but actually became uh, after he graduated he became an assistant coach at Puget Sound and what's interesting about that is he made a name for himself on infield defense and he did it through first of all uh he turned Puget Sound's team from you know a below average uh defensive team into one of the best in the country and and then he started doing a lot of stuff on social media around defense and so player uh, coaches and other coaches started learning from him and about him through through social media and so that's how he built his reputation was was just his experience coaching these uh, college teams he moved on to northern Colorado did the same thing at Colorado moved uh, turned their defense around um and i know you're thinking well what happened in 2022 and I, I don't know I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe he he was asleep at the wheel. I don't know. But in college, that was his uh, his his great. Um, that was his calling card, uh, I should say. Um, when he was when he joined Kepler uh, staff, he was the youngest bench coach in the ma- majors at uh, at thirty one. Um, alongside infield coaching, he also coaches base running, uh, and he's the uh, bench coach for the for the. For for the Giants, So he is Kepler's right-hand guy uh, on the bench, helping him come up with uh, you know moves and strategies and things like that. He's also, if you notice, the guy on the phone with the replay booth. I think that's an important job. He's always you know the guy that's on the phone with the replay guys. Uh,
1: I think they get that replay thing wrong a lot, though.
0: <laughs> maybe, he means I, who, maybe, maybe it's Sean the guy Dunstan. in the booth, though.
1: For some reason, I, I think that's Sean Dunson. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe oh, just, that would be interesting. Maybe it's just a, I'll have to look into that. Just, maybe it's just a planner's punch speaking. Like, I don't know. Um, well, okay. So first of all, this is exceptionally rare or, or at least once upon a time would have been exceptionally rare to have a coach who never played professional baseball. Um, and, and, you know, obviously the giants, I I think, you know, have, have multiple people who satisfy this, you know, they never played professional baseball. Yeah. And once upon a time, like in our lifetime, in our adulthood, Having a manager who never played professional baseball was unthinkable, right? And and I don't know that there's any managers who haven't played professional baseball, quite and You're honestly. not just talking major league. You're talking at any level. of, ma- of At any level, yeah. Like, didn't play, right? And and, and that, you know, I, I think... And the idea that... Uh, you know, that often extended to coaches as well, right? Players just didn't respect them. They just... They were like, you don't know because you never did it. And... And you know major league baseball players apparently did not believe in the adage at least in the old days that those who can't teach right, right. because they're like those who can't can't teach either <laughs> that was their that was their thinking right and um, which i think is really really unfortunate because i think teaching and coaching is really an element of of um, th- there's a lot to it right the ability to explain things the re- the ability to break things down analytically and understand what a person is doing wrong or doing right and and how to uh, reinforce those things or how to correct those things requires a certain kind of thinking that isn't required to be a great player right like being a great coach is way different than being a great player right? right both of you have to understand baseball but think about how a lot of players are like i don't know i just simplified things right like i just i just I just stopped trying to... I just stopped thinking. I'm like, yeah, coaches don't stop thinking. <laughs> that's all they got. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's all they got, right? And and so in order to be a good coach, in order to teach baseball, you know, you have to be able to do those things. And those are not things that translate to being a great professional player. So, you know, I, I but for a very, very long time, that is not how major league players saw it, right? And they wouldn't respect or listen to somebody who, who didn't do that. So that that's my first thing that I think is really interesting. And I think obviously... You know, baseball is moving away from that. Like we're all sort of understanding that that's true, right? Yeah. But what's also interesting about this is the whole thing. The that basically what you're saying, Matthew, is that being a social media influencer works, <laughs> and that it actually gets you good things. I, I like I, when I was
0: researching you, that. That was the thought that the thought that came to my head too. Particularly, I thought about my teenage daughter. And I'm like, oh Lord, I can't let her know about this. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Or or you're wrong, and you should be like, oh, you're totally right. Right. Yeah, go you know,
0: go influence young lady. Yeah. Go you know, you, go turn should, that into a million dollars. You
1: sh- are you sure? Sh- wait, you want to go to college and get a degree? Wait, are you sure you don't want to be a YouTuber? <laughs> like that Ludwig kid just got millions of dollars from YouTube. You, couldn't you do that? Exactly. Right. Um, so I mean that's. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's where Gabe Ka- how, that Kapler, does that have the Giants actually just-
0: followed him on social media and got an idea of how he shared his ideas and expressed himself and had a positive influence from that. Now, I'm not saying so that's So then he just slid into his job. DMs and says like,
1: hey, hi, Kai, my name's Gabe.
0: <laughs> and I think actually he was a part of the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, or no, Cleveland Guardians um, organization for a year in the minors before uh, Kapler grabbed him.
1: Okay. So we didn't, we didn't discover. No. Yeah. Somebody else this was, like him, a, but, this was like a, this was like a deep sort of thing, right? Like he was <laughs> already, he was already part of another organization. It wasn't Billy Bean who did you know? Right,
0: right, right. Yeah, yeah. All but right, you know who wasn't right. a part of another organization? Was the second coach that, uh, that, that I, that I researched was Alyssa Nakin.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say my name. No. Yeah. You wish.
0: Um, I do wish. What would be your, what would be your title? What would be your coaching duties?
1: Uh I would be head of uh face palming. <laughs> yeah. I I would be yeah. the guy that
0: fills the bucket of seeds and and uh bubble gum. <laughs> I, I would make that's... sure those teams never ran out, man. I would own those things like 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 nobody else.
1: I don't think that's a coaching position. It's not. No, I think that's like uh, that's like a, a dugout assistant. Oh or cl- yeah, you're, you're right. a clubhouse. You're a clubhouse
0: attendant. I'd be or coaching the like clubhouse attendants. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is actually... Which is well, actually. I think
1: that's. You, know, you gotta start somewhere, Ben. Yeah. Just yeah, like I Alyssa Naken. I think that was a crap job, though. Like, <laughs> I think that those guys actually lived off of tips. Oh. From the from the players, but not uh, yes, Alyssa Nakin also. Well, She doesn't doesn't get tips. I hope she... No, she's a uh, full-on paid coach. Full-on paid coach, yeah. But she
0: actually started out in the um, Giants Operations Department uh, out of college and was helping with their health and wellness programs Uh, and... Uh, but at some, but, and had a pretty good reputation when Zaidi got there. And, uh, and I'm not really clear like how she kind of came over into the coaching, but, uh, but has, had a very illustrious softball career. Uh, she, was, uh, she has a master's degree in sports management from the University of San Francisco, but she played softball at Sac State, was all-conference all four years, and batted three oh four with 19 home runs in her career. Uh, so the woman could play. And, uh, and, and on top of that, she was smart. She was the 2012 Conference Scholar Athlete of the Year. And, um, and, and she, uh, obviously, the first full-time female coach in Major League Baseball history. Uh, thanks to Antoine Richardson getting thrown out of a game, she became the first female coach to coach on the field. She coached first base uh, this last year. Uh, and, um, and then I was kind of curious, like, what she does. Like, what, is, what does she do? And she assists What's Antoine... What's her
1: title? What's her title now?
0: Uh, I think it's just coach like I don't think she has um,
1: I think at one point she was quality control but I might be wrong. I've seen that title on other coaching positions, and I'm very curious as to what that person does. They control quality, Ben. Come on. Um, Clearly. And
0: and so she assists Antoine Richardson overseeing outfielders and base runners, and some of her duties involve helping position outfielders, preparing pinch hitters, and, quote, keeping a pulse on the overall vibe of our team and staff, according to Kapler. Um and then Nakin also helps with advance work, and was on, and she's on the field before games, uh, and she, you know, doing shagging balls and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, so, I mean, she's one of those, play, those coaches that's actually out there on the field helping guys as they're preparing for the games. Um, so, yeah, so that's that is Alyssa Nakin. I, um, I I also came across an article where Kapler says that you know she felt he felt like she has the. Uh, the ability to one day be a, a major league baseball manager and she thought he thought that she would be a uh, a really great leader uh, and so uh, you know it's kind of intriguing obviously being the first woman and uh you know all of what that brings and um but at the same time it seems to have a very good reputation for being a really good coach and uh, which is really what yeah you know, she should be being judged on and i think that's uh that's kind of cool i think it's great that uh, kapler's kind of opening up his mind to other you know has opened up you know opportunities for others that may not get it and and it's helped the team you know and and i think that that's kind of a sign of a of a really great leader is you know trying to you you want to open your mind to other possibilities and not be um, pigeonholed into one train of thought. And I think that Kepler does a good job of that. And it's you know you're not always right. He's not always right, but I think that uh, in this case, um, I like the fact that he's willing to take a chance on people who don't have major league experience or who are a woman and you know all these things. Uh, because you know when you close off a certain segment of population, then you're limiting you know um, possibly some really great oper- you know coaches and opportunities to improve your club. So. That's my thoughts on our coaches, Ben.
1: Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're shutting out a whole segment of a population because they, you know, because they're a woman or because they've never played professional baseball or all, of, you're definitely just cutting people out who who could be absolutely better for the job, right? I mean. You know, like, uh, I think that's sort of obvious. Um, it's not obvious to a lot of people, though, which is which is nice. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I and I definitely think that is something that is unique about the the Giants coaching staff is is that they are are, you know, in the organization overall is that they're they're willing to to break, um, you know, these conventions to try to make the team better, right? We saw that at the beginning of the season, right? And this was kind of the sort of circumstances that led to Antoine Richardson getting kicked out of that game was the arguments between the Giants and the Padres over, like, what is the right way and wrong way to play baseball? Yeah. And then somebody said something that Antoine Richardson felt like was was possibly racially motivated and he kind of lost his cool. And that's how it, Alyssa Negan ended up on, on the field, right? Which is like, you know, a bad circumstance. But it all came out of like the fact that the Giants are willing to do things outside of the mold to try and get better. And I think that's absolutely a, 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 a great thing and a, and a good thing. Um, I, I do wonder though, As you mentioned when you were talking about Kai Korea, how did last year happen with, you know, such a great defensive coach? And I will tell you, I actually think I know the answer to this, which is I think the smart guys got too smart and they were like, hey, you know what? With the shift and analytics, we can put bad athletes on the field. But if we put them in exactly the right spot because we're so smart. Uh, It'll make up for their bad defense, and and these guys are such good hitters that they'll score more runs than we would have otherwise scored, and we'll make up the difference that way. So we'll make up the difference with analytics and shifting, and we'll make up the difference with the extra offense that we'll get for it. And Kai Correa can go shove it. So I think there was a little bit of them not listening to their coaches and over-relying on this other BS, which turned out to not work out because the ball didn't go where they thought it was going to go and uh you know bad luck and then oh yeah old men got hurt right right but, and, uh, uh,
0: uh, on that point I got, I got a little story that we're gonna wrap this up here I'm, I'm gonna tie it in so i uh i work for the ymca and i've been you know working for the y for 20 years and uh i once was in charge of an, a y that was a very old facility and and in my mind, I just needed to keep it clean, right? And so we spent a lot of time painting and cleaning and trying to make this building look um, presentable because you know I felt like that was really important for our to 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 lure more members. And I remember one day, this little old lady, been a longtime member, she comes up to me and she says, "Son, I appreciate what you're doing here, but sometimes you just can't clean old." And. And and so as you're telling the story I think I could turn that a little bit and use that that wise woman's words for for our coaching staff and says sometimes you just can't coach old. You know and
1: <laughs> That's right you can't tell an old man uh, how to be faster? Exactly. <laughs> right. How not to pull that hammy when he runs for the the the, the, the subway doors as That's they're right. closing. That's right. Uh, sorry, the BART doors or the Muni doors as they're closing. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, old is old, and you, this is, doesn't. All the coaching and analytics and shifting in the world is not going to make up for old. That's right. Yeah, so I, that's I, right. I I don't remember that woman's name
0: anymore, but she was she has been a uh, huge influence on in my life because I've always remembered that whenever I'm looking right. at something new, right. I'm like, you can't clean that's old. Right. It's old. We got to fix it. So anyway, that's right. Giants Bringing it all together. Got to If you it.
1: want to be in the World Series like the Astros and the Phillies, you got to sign younger people for a lot of money, and you got to stop spending that money on paint jobs and spend it more on fancy more equipment. youthful employers and fancy equipment. That's right. And uh, so that way, your quality control coach can uh, take all of that information that you're passing on to the team and make sure that it's being applied correctly by the players and coaches to the best of their ability, which is what a quality control coach does because I just looked it up.
0: All right. Well, I'm glad you looked it up because I would forever been been curious anyway all right well that's all the time we got uh ben it's been nice chat with you uh bob where can they find us Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Giant Cocktails. We'll throw up our our recipes and pictures of, of our cocktails, and um, uh, I think that's uh, that's about all we got this week. Uh, we're not sure when we'll be back next. Right? Are you are you in Mexico next? No, I week? think we'll, no. We'll we'll be back next week, but okay. after
1: that our schedule is going to get wonky. All
0: right, we'll explain it next week. We'll figure it out. Yeah, before, uh, we'll figure it out. All right. Well, until then, Ben, it's been good chatting with you, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye,
1: everybody. Bye.
0: Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up.